Blog Talk Radio. It's the Gridiron Studs Show and the promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Talamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here. Talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts. Amo and Chad with your breakfast toast. Chad Wilson, Amo Calamino, and we're going to talk football here with you for the next hour. How about that? Going to talk football. I'm excited. Uh, this year is one of the every six or seven years, right? It happens where Christmas will fall on either a Saturday or a Sunday, and, and I will uh, get to yeah, we get to celebrate our, our holiday, and then at night after we stuff our face full of whatever your family chooses to eat at Christmas time. You can watch uh, football. I like that. Absolutely. He missed the joke there, everybody, but nevertheless. And you know what I found? No, you know what, Chad? Chad, I'm sure it was funny. I apologize. Here's the problem I'm having. Our friends at Blog Talk Radio, um, I'm getting a little bit of intermittent feed from you. So uh, hopefully that straightens out as the show goes on. Well, I'm not hearing it on our end, but uh, I found this hilarious. Also talking about Blog Talk Radio, uh, when I logged on here, it uh, said to me, in observance of the holiday, support at Blog Talk Radio will be closed on the 23rd and will return on the 26th. Why the need for that announcement? There yeah, how is no that support. different from how is that different from the other four or five days of the week? There is no support. <laughs> right. The only thing you need to know about Blog Talk Radio support is that there is no support. Nevertheless, I bet uh, you they have support if you're. Hey, I bet you they have support when your credit card if it doesn't go through properly. You want to bet they get oh, you, yeah. they get you there? Yeah, they will support you um, in ways you don't particularly want. But nevertheless, um, I, we're going to talk football here. But should we just talk about what everyone else talks about? Been talking about? I made this point yesterday on Twitter where I make a lot of points. Uh, yesterday, Emil, this was it. Grayson Allen, all day. Joe Mixon, all day. Every channel. For the love of God, are we that bored, man? Yeah, I think I'm. You know, I think because you you deal with with younger athletes and you're on Twitter a lot because of that. I think you're more in tune with pop culture, so you're going to be our expert on this show for that. Because I'll tell you something, I I know both stories. And in passing, I guess I had about a, a scintilla of interest, maybe, for 10 seconds to understand what happened, and then I just, it passed. I mean, I, I knew the Mixon story from a couple of years ago. Um, I don't but think well I'll ever be. Mixon story? And let me ask you, Emil, does the video change anything? I don't know. You know, here's the thing. It's, uh, for me to opine on that, I'm going to have to pass judgment on my own set of morals and for me i just you know i'm not i just don't never did don't hit women you know honestly if a woman punched me in the face i'm walking the other direction 
just that's the way I, that's the way my mind works. Well, yeah, I mean, you know what so- I found interesting, Emil? Uh, I put a poll up. This is interesting. Yeah. I put a poll up on Twitter saying, uh, basically, let me see if I can get the exact poll here. I would hate to misquote myself, but um, let's take a look. Um, I said, Joe Mixon incident, self-defense or out of line? And on the poll, I got 23% self-defense, 77% out of line. Now, when I make a post on Twitter, it goes to Facebook. And, of course, okay. when, I, when it goes to Facebook, it doesn't show as a poll. So the right. so it comes out on Facebook as just saying Joe Mixon incident, self-defense, or out of line. And you can't press a button to put in your. Post. Yeah, you got comments then, so you you got a lot got of comments. comments. I'm sure. Okay. So people could people could put in their opinion and then expand on it. And I want to say oh to you on on Facebook, if I can go off of the comments and and make a poll out of the comments, it 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 the poll did not go the way that it did on Twitter. I'm going to tell you it, how did it, it go on it, Facebook. It leaned more to self-defense than out of line, and I got to tell you, Emil, I'm I was surprised. Well, um, I, I, see, I, I made it an effort. I don't understand this. Let me let, let me bounce this off you, okay? Unless this woman that hit him is Ronda Rousey, and even if Ronda Rousey hit me, if I got up. <laughs> <laughs> Still walking away. Now I'm probably I mean, walking away. Story if she would have hit. Right. Well, if she hit me, I'm walking away though for my own safety. But nonetheless, I'm still walking away just because that's the way I was raised. It's hard for me to believe. I know I heard some quote, and I don't know if he said it. Well, when this chick hit me, it felt like a dude. I mean, how big is Joe Mixon? Six one, six two, two ten, two twenty. Chisel. He's a big guy. Football. Well put together. Yeah, you're gonna have a hard time convincing me. Um, that she hit him hard enough to make an impact, number one. I mean, did, he, did was it enjoyable? Maybe not a slap across the face or a punch from a woman. But you know what? I don't know. Just uh, maybe it's, I'm showing my age, whatever, just the way I was raised. Uh, you know, if my father, if I was his age and I and I did that, you know, my father would have beat me. <laughs> yeah, and then probably I mean- escorted me. You know. And I struggle with this, Abel, because by and large, um, just in general, and as and as it pertains to my account, the Facebook um, carries a, you know an older age group than Twitter. Twitter's yeah, really, definitely. You know, so I, I I wanted to say that the younger folks would fall more along the line of self-defense, and the older crowd would fall more along the line of out of line. And it just didn't well, you would think, you would think, but here's the other thing that you need to figure out, and and you've talked about this yourself. Okay, we've had other incidents like this, so I don't want to put words in your mouth because I'm coming at this relaying it the way it's been told to me, or me understanding you. I think you then would have to not only break it down by age, but again, I hate to bring it up, but I think this is a key. I think you need uh, uh, demographics as to race because I think you've told me many times. That you know, that some some you know younger black guys growing up ha- had seen, you know, mm-hmm. women really 
lay, lay a beat on guys and that they see this a lot of times differently than say a white guy like me. Am I saying that wrong? No, no, actually you are saying that correctly. I mean, uh, you know, it's a, uh, I wanted to say, yeah, I, I, after this, maybe I need to break this down along cultural lines. Um, and for the, you know, the reasons that you said it, but I'm, I'm still also want to say when I'm looking at the comments, it's not so clearly black and white as we, you know, a lot of times try to make things. Uh, I don't care what the issue is. If you go on Facebook, and I, I swear it's, it, it could be anything. It could be a golden retriever um, attacking a black Labrador, and it becomes a racial thing. Everything is race. Um, when it, oh, I, well, yeah, it. yeah. I mean, you know, and I, that's, why, that's why I was kind of stuttering when I said that, because I hate to bring it up, but I do think that based on what I've been told by you over the years and you know the nature of the incident i think to get an accurate read on this you'd need to have a lot more information than just age i also think that maybe as a society we we, we need we need to look at these incidents different in that we say oh you know look i i said it myself oh you never hit a woman mm-hmm. well you know i think what you really need to say is you shouldn't hit people that you you know that or you just have a huge physical advantage on man or woman. I mean, if the guy weighed 120 pounds, okay, mm-hmm. maybe Joe, maybe a guy Joe Mixon size needs to show some restraint and not beat the snot out of him, and just you know say, hey, listen, you know, call call a police officer over or somebody. I know I'm being a little bit maybe pie in the sky there, but you know, because what's the difference if it's a little 120 pound skinny guy that you can kill? Or beat the hell out of her a woman. Either way, you're you're beating on someone that you have a huge physical advantage on. You, am I saying? Am I making myself yeah, clear? No, or I'm, I... I'm I'm with you on that. I'm like uh, self defense, and I put self defense in there because I kept hearing this over and over. And really, keep, uh, when I kept hearing self defense is what motivated me to put the whole poll out in the first place. Uh, you know, when I look at it and think about it, I say to myself, well, self defense means you've got to feel like there was going to be some threat of bodily harm or a loss of life. And, and I didn't see any of those being present there. And, and, but yeah, no, we have, have a mutant. I'll give you, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. I'm about mm, six foot, 185 pounds, 188 pounds. We both have a mutual friend, a caller of the show that we're both friends with our friend, Les, <laughs> And I'm guessing at this point, Les and I, Les and I are the same age. I'm saying Les is what would you say about six two two forty? Somewhere about chiseled. Now I'm telling you right now, and you know I'm not fat or anything. I work out, but if I hit Les, okay, it, it would be an annoyance to him. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, uh, if he, <laughs> if he how do you do self-defense there? What was the threat? Right, what would be his thing? If he beat the hell out of me, he, he would have to say, I beat the hell out of Emil because he annoyed me, not because he felt threatened. Because trust me, if I stood next to Les, he is not feeling threatened. <laughs> yeah, I, I I just don't get it, but it just goes to show how um, people could see things differently. I was I was a little bit amazed by the amount of uh, self-defense or she, you know, deserved it, had it coming. You know, the same thing, too, I think, is people see what happened there. And while they, and while some may feel like they don't ask, they don't really condone what it is Joe Mason did. 
They just don't want to let the young lady get off scot-free, too. She did slap the man in the face, and they don't want to just let her ride. So they feel the, they feel the need to make commentary on that. And that I understand. Well, but that no goes need. back to what, Chad, Chad, that's every incident we have in society. There has to be an appropriate level. In other words, um, if a guy is in my store and he steals a pack of bubble gum, doesn't mm-hmm. hurt anybody and walks out the door. I call the police. I don't pull out a forty-five and shoot him. <laughs> he, right. You know what I'm trying to say? Right. It has it's to be appropriate. You know. Crime, as they say. Yes. Just... Yeah, you have to meet. Now, wait, I want to hear your take before we get done with this segment on uh, Grace and Allen because I did see what he did. And now, again, you, I, I always tell people in the show, I really don't start paying a ton of attention to basketball at all until football season's over. Then I'll watch, you know, a lot of college because I'm bored, admittedly, and some right. NBA, and we like to talk about the NBA playoffs. But I have, from what I understand, this kid's done this tripping thing where it's blatant more than once. So mm-hmm. what is your take on this? Has this kid just got some mental issues? What's the deal? Yeah, I mean, he's got something going on there. He needs to get his act together. But I just thought people made – I got annoyed at the talking over and over and on and on and on about it for crying out loud. Okay, you tripped a guy. Come on. I mean, has anyone watched college basketball? You know, there's almost a standard inbounds play where a guy is standing next to another guy and pops him in the nuts right before the impending inbound pass (laughs) just so he can get a separation and get an easy layup. Okay, it's it's like oops. Yeah, oops. Yeah. I mean, now that is more egregious than any tripping that ever goes on. And if you happen to be a person with a pair of nuts, you agree with me. Don't pop me in my nuts. And you got guys that have done that countless times. But here we are going yeah. on and on about this thing, A, because it's Duke and it's Grayson Allen, and maybe he's a little bit annoying, and maybe he's annoying because he plays for Duke, or maybe he's annoying because he plays for Duke and sometimes acts like a little baby. But we're going on and on about a guy who tripped another guy. He got attacked. He got, he got hit up for it. Well, you know, I'd prefer that really in this segment, uh, the hell with Grayson Allen, you brought up a better point. Let's talk about most of our listeners are male, but I'm just so we can educate maybe a few females to listen. When you have nuts, the last thing you want to do is be popped in your nuts. I, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, honestly, it, I mean, I tried to tell my wife. You don't even want them grazed in competition. That's right. Okay? When we were first married and, and, you know, accidentally maybe you're on the couch and she wants to give you a kiss and her knee gets it's like whoa 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 you mean yeah I you mean, are getting that's dangerously close to my nuts up. yeah I mean, that's you know come on so i don't know are we making too big of a deal out of a guy tripping another guy yeah i think so um within the well, need to spend the it chad is that well how many what? games is he i saw something where uh, so he's indefinitely suspended let me speak for Coach K here for a minute, if I might speak for the Hall of Famer. I think he, which, which is rare for him, I think he made the suspension out of a fair, a fair backlash. I think the Twitter mob, the social media avalanche, and the media avalanche led him to suspend him. I'm, I feel fairly certain that in Coach K's mind, okay, he tried to trip a guy. That's not in the rules. He was teed up for it. Um, we were penalized as a team. Okay, we move on. Well, you know, you and I, someday we're going to have to do a show, uh, a sociology slash psychology show, because we can get off on all kinds of tangents, because you just bring off up a wonderful point about 
the fear of backlash. And if I may, and we'll maybe just for a couple minutes, I think a lot of society right now, mm-hmm. you've got people reacting in many ways with a fear of backlash. And I'll give you the prime example is what just happened probably, what is it now, about six weeks ago. Mm-hmm. If you look at that election, you had so many people that were going hard at, at the Trump supporters to the point that I think I think you brought this up once talking to me, and I'm not sure if it was you, somebody did. They always mm-hmm. felt that there was a lot of latent support for Donald Trump just because people said, the hell with it. Why should I come out and say I'm supporting him because of the backlash? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that right now in society you have a lot of very loud people that only want to hear what they want to hear. It's it's infiltrated sports. So you got a guy like Coach K. You've got a guy like Coach K, who is, as you said, a Hall of Famer. And I think in this case, yeah, he probably made this decision because he just doesn't want to deal with it. He'll suspend the kid. Probably it'll end up two or three games. They'll get into ACC play and he'll let him play again. Um, he probably figures if I don't suspend the kid, if I say what Chad Wilson just said, I mean, damn, he tripped a kid. Big deal. He feels he like he'll get. He yeah, he'll get. Guy. He'll get absolutely castigated on social media and by the media themselves, mainstream ESPN type, Fox Sports 1 types, just killing them because they're going to say, can you believe Coach K doesn't care that, that his player's tripping guys? I mean, it'll be 24-7. Yeah, and it's just, it's it's crazy um, that someone like Coach K now can get swooped up into that and start falling victim to uh, what the mob thinks. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think he would be. Well, one that's of the one last. of the things that I'm going to I want to pay you a compliment. One of the things of all these years I know you that I always appreciated about you and like about you is you like to figure out if someone disagrees with you, you'll you'll quiz somebody because you want to understand why. And I actually think that's a great quality in people. I wish more people were like that. I, I think that what's happened in our society is if we don't have someone that agrees with us, Rather than seeing why they disagree, maybe taking some some life lesson from there, even though we're going to hold our belief, learn something mm. by, by the disagreement, discuss it, and move on, we shout them down. That's generally the way society works right now. It just, you know, if, if we don't like it, we're just going to shout you down, or we're going to boycott you, or whatever the deal is. And, you know, and, and I think that's what a lot of this Coach K thing, it's a great point you brought up about I think he really did, and I think that's a very astute observation by you, that I think he just succumbed to, to pressure and just said the hell with Succumbed to the Twitter mob, man. I mean, better people than yeah. us have come. But just, it's just uh, amazing now, the control that's had by the masses. And then, you know, uh, the masses are asses, Emil. You know, a lot of people <laughs> with, are, are afforded loud voices here that shouldn't have them. Like, you should shut the hell up and not really have anything to say. Or if you say it, not many people should hear it, but... Hey, well, in life, as, in life, life, as you, as we both well know, Chad, you're not going to do well usually if you're following the crowd. It's usually the people in any facet of life that are slightly outside the norm of thinking, or a little bit outside, or way outside, that actually do some better things than the people who just fall in line and rank with the masses. That's usually not the way to go. Yeah. Well, so we've covered the two most important topics. I thought for a moment there yesterday that uh, Joe Mixon was going to catch a reprieve with this Grayson Allen tripping thing. But um, the Grayson Allen tripping thing was a big deal, but not big enough 
to erase Joe Mixon off the book. So that continues and goes on and on and on. And they are just, uh, I don't know. Do you find the timing a little strange um, with the release of this Joe Mixon video? I feel like the you, media you, holds stuff. What, what, what do you mean by before the bowl game? What, what, where's the yeah, game? around this time. I mean, this is odd. I don't know. Well, you know, Chad, again, I think – I think most of what we see in the media in general, both whether it's business, politics, sports, is done at the end. They're out to make money. That It's a business. They're no longer uh, the guys that you, you saw in the movies that were portrayed from the 40s, 50s, 60s, the old-time journalists. Most mm. of those people are gone. I mean, let's face it, during the election, right, that, that uh, TMZ video with Trump. Well, God, yeah. I mean, somebody had to know about that video for years. I mean, it's not like... I mean, it's not like some editor or producer hadn't seen the video years ago. So yeah, man, they you know they sat on that thing like a like a warm toilet seat. It's just ridiculous. And then and by the way, they've done it for both of them. I mean, I'm sure I can dial up my memory bank from that as an example from that election with stuff along the lines of Hillary, which which you know same thing where they dialed in you know a video of her going up steps and looking decrepit and old. And I mean, the video probably been out there a while, but it's like oh here we got a Hillary going up the steps in Scranton, Pennsylvania. It looks like she just had a stroke or something. I mean, come on, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, out there. It's- Man, the media, they're so bad. They're so bad these days. It's amazing um, just what goes on. But nevertheless, it well, is what it we're is. We're calling them out. So, hey, listen, we're doing our job. I mean, we, you know, we're part of the new media, in, in the way the world's constructed with these podcasts, and we're trying to call them out. And hopefully some listeners pay attention to the way the, me- the media can manipulate you, regardless of what you like to watch, sports, politics, like I said, business, anything. They, they, they manipulate you and they try to, you know, they're, they're out there to get your money. That They're like every other business in the world. They're looking to empty your pockets. Yeah, uh, and, and you want to know the sad thing, Abel? This exists because it seems that this is what people want. If it wasn't what people want, it would not be what is present, and that's just the way that it goes. People are paying attention to these things. They're watching these shows. They're tuning in, uh, so thus they continue. The other thing that was uh, been a big issue since uh, we were last on, uh, guys skipping bowl games. And, uh, you know, I, I thought of all those sound bites that they had about this this week because several coaches were asked about it. Uh, I thought the most interesting one came from Nick Saban, who said, hey, I said this when you guys wanted to have a four-team playoff. You wanted to have a college playoff. It was going to, you know, and I'm paraphrasing here, it was going to devalue all the other bowls. And uh, he says, here we are. Now you're going to win an eight-team playoff, and that's still going to devalue the bowls. You know, my question here, Emil, is why do we have the bowls? You know, I wrote an article earlier this week, and I took a look at this. And remember, I mentioned this, and you, you correctly guessed how many uh, bowl games were present um, it, 30 years ago or 20 years ago. I think it was 30 years ago. Nin- I actually, 1986, how many bowl games do you think there were? You hit yeah, I, right hit, I hit it on the head. I said 18. I said 18. Remember? Yeah, so I went to my senior year in college, 1994, and there were 19 bowls. And uh, today we have 41 bowls. Amo, we, we've got – the Dollar General Bowl going on today. 
Okay. Well, not in general. Let, let me give you my idea on this. I happen to agree with Coach Saban, but I think there's only one of two directions you can go, and you know, I, I have a, you know, I, I have a feeling neither will be chosen because it's the NCA. One. If you go to an eight-team playoff, that's seven games you get out of that. Four in the first round, two in the second, and the championship. That's seven bowls that you use. And then you scale back, you'll, you have 10 or 11 more bowls, meaningful bowls. Basically, at the end of the year, that would mean you're going to have about 30 teams, counting those 10 or 11 extra bowls plus the, the eight teams, 30 teams awarded with postseason play. You'll have a bunch of really good games. And, you know, if, say, the Rose Bowl or one of the big bowls, the Alamo Bowl, wasn't in the rotation that year, a kid would be less apt to skip it because it might be his 10-2 uh, and two team playing another 9-3 and three team where they're both ranked in the top 20. Okay, right. I think you can either go that route or you would have to just get rid of this playoff altogether, go back to the ranking system we had well before the BCS, where any bowl game could be meaningful depending on what another team in front of you did that day, and then you'd get less kids skipping bowls. But generally, the way it's set up now, you're kind of a little bit pregnant. You've got a four-team playoff. You've got a few other handful of games where where players care about playing in them, like the Rose Bowl, like the Orange Bowl if it's not in the rotation, you know, those kind of bowls. And then you got a game like you said today, where a bunch of games today, where honestly, if a kid's a star player at any of these schools, there's a good chance they're skipping that bowl game. I say, Amol, and I guess this would be very, very radical. Let's start doing away with the bowls. Start doing away with the bowls. Let's start having a true and legit. I've been, you know, I've been on this. I'm pushing this, and I'm pushing it hard. Let's start having a legitimate playoff system. So all of these postseason games mean something. You're not skipping a postseason playoff game. You're just not doing it. I don't care what playoff system you come up with now other than a legitimate one like they have in all the other team sports. Bowl games are going to start to become irrelevant. So are we going to try and space – are we going to try and build this thing out? Are we going to try and grow this playoff thing out to where we can get enough number of games to where we now exclude games where there might be a top prospect? Well, I think I think what's really happened if you the reason I think it's very going to be very difficult for you to ever get rid of the bulls. I think if we if we did a little investigative journalism ourselves, you'd find that most of the people that put these bowl games together in the various communities are probably big shots in in, in a very generic sense of the word within the community, well off, you know, uh connected, okay? Mm-hmm. And I I suspect they run in the same circles as many of these commissioners and university presidents that run these conferences and, you know, the schools themselves and the NCA. So I'm guessing you have a lot of backslapping and and parties and Jim Bob, don't worry that the Orange Bowl is going to be great this year. And, I, you know, and maybe I'm being simplistic, but I'm going to guess just my, my antenna tells me that if I really study this, that's probably what's happening. And so I go back to, again, follow the money. And it, it's going to be very hard to pry that, number one, out of those people's sweaty palms, have them give it up. And number two, you also have the pressure from the ESPNs of the world, from the Fox Sports ones, the NBC Sports Network. They need programming, Chad. They need programming. They're on 24-7. They can't just have shows with guys like you and me talking about fantasy football picks. Okay? So 
<laughs> True. Wouldn't it be a great world if we could? But um, listen, I don't understand why these folks, there's someone other than, the, and we should, you know, listen, it might be a thing I want to do. I don't understand why the corporations can't sponsor playoff games. So that leads me to believe that there's someone or some other group that's getting their palms greased in here pretty well that are not the corporations or uh, anyone else that's obvious to us. And maybe it is, like you said, some you know, local big wigs, but. Yeah. I, I mean, you don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know the deal. Like, you know, like I said, I, I don't pretend to be any kind of expert in, in, in who runs this stuff, but I'm just, I'm guessing, I'm trying to use my best guesstimate as to the way, you know, in the 48 years I've been on this earth, how things tend to work. Uh, and it, yeah, it comes across, I guess, as cynical, but I mean, I just have a feeling that's how that goes. So essentially, out. the Dollar General Bowl and, and others of that ilk are keeping us away from a true playoff system in Division One college football, FBS. Well, right. Okay, let's, what's today? December 23rd. It's a Friday um, this yes. year. You know, it, it, basically, when Christmas tends to fall on the weekend, I always get the sense in my business that everybody goes you know, into witness protection the week before. So basically, mm-hmm. this week, there's not a lot of work going on. So now you've got a Friday. I'm guessing most of the country is figuring out a way to use a vacation day mm-hmm. or just be off today. So they've right. got bowl games on. What do they put on all day if you don't have these three games? Seriously, what does ESPN have on? Classic. Put the classics on. I'm, well, I'm not arguing with you. Article. Yeah, exactly. That you, you don't know either. <laughs> I don't. I guess the, the need to have programming, college football, live college football games on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday during the holiday season – overrides the fact that we would be it would be very nice if we just had a true college i mean the the mindset is just mind-boggling to me we're being cheated yeah i mean I it's I, I listen i'm with you because you were looking at it again like logical sports fans um i think you know part of the problem with this is we're forgetting this is a multi-billion dollar business and they, unlike the NFL, who figured out a long time ago how to monetize that business in a way that fits a great sports format, college football kind of never figured that out. College basketball did. Um, I don't know why for football struggled so much. You know, basketball has the tournament. It works out great. Now, it's a different sport. You can play those games because you can play more basketball games than football. But, I mean, think about it. If you If you broke the conferences, like you said, into – 16 four-team conferences and you said okay we're only going to play 11 games okay 11 games you get you play you play seven games in your division you play two crossover games and two out of conference games that's 11 okay the conference championship would be your 12th if you made it okay and if you had a 16 team playoff which should provide plenty of money for these people that that are worried about their bowl games that gives you eight four two one. I'm adding it up. That gives you fifteen extra games total that are like bowl games. They are bowl games to make right. money off of. And the two teams that make the championship would play sixteen games. The, then you'd have the the quarterfinal teams would play fifteen, fourteen, and thirteen. Right now you have teams this year that are going to play, if my math serves me correctly, fifteen games. The two teams that make the championship. Will will most likely play 15 games. Alabama's at 13 now, so they'd play 15. And that and that system we just set up right there, 
if they use something similar to your format, limited to 11 regular season games like the old days, exactly. the most the most two teams would play is 16 games. You'd have one extra game. What do you say about, you know, some of the traditional things being gone? I know that would be an argument for some people. So what do you do about all the bold history and uh, bold records? That, um, you know, if you shorten it down to, well, I guess we're okay at 11 uh, when you're talking about, single season game, uh, single season records and stuff like that. What do you do about that? Well, I don't know, Chad, you know, the I think in some cases, and this is, you know, I'm saying this is, you know, we're two guys that are older than most of the audience. Things change in life. You know, I mean, traditions are great when they make sense, but as things change and, you know, no longer make sense, I, I think you have to be willing to change a little bit with, with the times and, you know, the, the, as I like to say, the gymnastics figure skating way of determining a, a champion in the, the most profitable, largest NCAA sport just doesn't seem right to me. I mean, a bunch of guys sitting around going, man, the, the, the Russian judge screwed you there. He only gave you an 8-9. I mean, that's, come on, is right. that really the way we want it? That's the way we want to set up football, a game we love? We, we, that, that, I'm telling you, it's what keeps the NFL – in general, far more popular than college football, in my opinion, in that while the regular season is very good in the NFL, we have some boring matchups every week and we make fun of them. But we know that at the end we get this beautiful 12-team tournament that satisfies our need as sports fans to have the champion decided on the field. And, and to me, as someone who loves sports, that, that's what makes the NFL playoffs the, the best event in sports as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, and I, I, man, I have to agree with you there. It's just uh, maybe in our lifetime, we'll get this done and, and uh, maybe players, uh, you know, maybe players boycotting these games, not, let me not use the word boycott, foregoing, skipping these games may start, may start the thought process in that direction. All right. Uh, we've talked about enough about social issues today. We've got to get on to the nitty-gritty. There's some college football that's going to be played today and over the weekend. We need to talk about that. And, of course, the NFL weekend is going to be big time as uh, things get sorted out in the playoff race. We'll talk about that more when we return on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? 
Step up and visit GridironSuds.com today. We've got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironSuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen. You all may be taking the week off, right, this week, but I'm not. We made a B on the midterm, so we're going to take a week off and get a D. Just like all the rest of you people out there, on paper, we should beat Mississippi State. Well, you know, I'm going to tell you what. A lot of people take a lot of things for granted, and I get asked questions like, well, how important is it for the, the young guys to get to play this week? Well, how in the hell do you know they're going to get to play? You know, everybody's got such a high expectation for what our team should be. It really doesn't matter what you think. I mean, what makes you think that you can just assume that they're going to get to play? Because you're assuming that the other team is not very good? Because we have a tendency to think that way around here. Instead of just kicking people's ass like you're supposed to and working to do it. All right, so when you ask me those kind of questions, it really pisses me off. And it really sort of, if you want to know the truth about it, pisses me off when I talk to people that have this expectation, like they're disappointed that we only won the game 14-13. You all don't remember the Jordan. expectations that that Alabama has is they're being very unfair to Washington because later in the season uh, they are taking one game Washington played where USC went in there and undressed them for in their place and assuming that that's the entire body of work and you know, let's be honest. I mean, UCL, USC is a very talented team. They're probably one of the two or three hottest teams in the country, if you include Alabama in there. And this is a Washington team that's 12-1. and one. They've outscored their conference opponents 389 to 184. So I'm not even including their, their, their junk out-of-conference schedule in there. I mean, they, they played nine games in the Pac-12. They outscored their opponents by 205 points, and the Pac-12 is a pretty damn good conference. So, you know, I'm not—I don't know if I necessarily disagree with Nick there. I think it may be the best team they play all year. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, me too. You know, listening to him, he just very well may be right. I mean, who who would be the other team? You know, this wouldn't help the football people that try to put everything in a neat box. Like Alabama goes out, beats. Uh, USC 52 to six, I believe was the final in that uh, opening game of the year. 
uh, USC goes out and handles Washington, and then Washington somehow beats Alabama. How do you make sense of, a, of that mess, should it happen? Well, let me go. Let me first, full disclosure, new listeners, I am a diehard USC homer. But So let me go and say this. Okay, first of all, the USC team that Alabama beat, I think you and I can both agree, was not, is not the same USC team you're watching play right now. Would we agree uh, with agree, that? I agree, but it was a 52-6 to six football game. It still I understand a, that. a tidy mess if Washington knocks off Alabama. Oh, it does. I'm, I'm just saying I think people who don't understand football have to realize if USC plays Alabama now, I am fairly certain, and I think you would be too, that that game is not ending up anywhere near what happened there. Now, I'm not of saying Alabama not. doesn't win. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is it's certainly, I bet you, a very competitive football game, at least for a very long time. Um, so – you're, you can't look at that. Then you look at USC, the way they were playing when they played Washington. Again, a totally different team. So it wouldn't surprise me if something – Peterson's a great coach. He really is. I mean, I don't think anybody who, who is undervaluing Washington here is, is just not accounting for how good of a coach Chris Peterson is. Now, I haven't made a pick yet on the game. I have to study it. I, at the end, my verdict still may be I think Alabama kills them. But – I don't know that. I don't think. I, I don't think you can just rush that judgment without studying the matchups in the game because I think Washington's being undervalued going into this game. Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk some of the bigger uh, premium bowl games right now because I think that's what our audience would want on a Football Friday edition. They don't really want us to go on and on about the Dollar General Bowl, even though we're going to make some picks out of these games that are coming up here. So, by no means are. Uh, let, let's just say that audience are retying ourselves into anything. We're just talking on the surface. You know, uh, when we get down to actually making picks, we're going to, you know, open this puppy up a little more and dig a little deeper before we come up with our final word on something. But just on the surface, um, let's talk about some of these bigger bowl games, including the college football uh, playoff games. Um, Ohio State and Clemson, you know, Ohio State's a three and a half point favorite in this game at this time, and, and it could be a bit of a slap in the face to Clemson, if you ask me. My feeling on this game, as of now, again, I reserve the right to change my mind because I haven't studied it up and down, but my initial gut on this game is if Clemson can, can not turn the ball over like crazy in this game, I think they stand an excellent chance of winning the game. They seem to play down to their competition, I think they were incredibly bored in the ACC this year. That's their own fault. I'm not saying it's a good excuse, but that's their own fault. I, I think their offensive and defensive lines can match Ohio State. I think they have a, some really good players up front. And Ohio State's lack of being able to throw the ball this year, mm. I, I think kind of plays into where Clemson's a little bit weak. It seems like you've been able to, to, to make some big plays on Clemson's defense through the air. And I'm not sure Ohio State can exploit that. Yeah, um, we talked a lot about Clemson. And, and, and Clemson, this is a battle of two teams that most folks would have said um, probably didn't belong in this playoff. Um, and so, you know, both come in with a chip on their shoulder, but Ohio State comes in as a favorite. And, and at this point, greater than a field goal, I think that kind of puts them behind the eight ball a little bit. 
And uh, you know what I didn't like this year. What I didn't like with this whole playoff is their seeding. If you want to know the truth, I'll I'll, I'll grant them the four teams. I'm not going to argue. I, I don't want to rehash who the four teams should be. I'm not sure it matters at this point. I would have preferred that they seeded Ohio State four because they didn't win a conference, and let them prove to us in the first round that we were wrong about what we think. Don't assume it. They basically, you know, put Washington in the toughest position as a conference champion this 12-1, and so they had a better record than Ohio State. They won a conference. I would have preferred a Washington-Clemson game because it would have given us a chance to potentially not have the same championship game as last year, whereas right now I think – it's, there's a, a fairly decent chance we end up with the exact same championship game as last year. Yeah, um, round two of that whole thing, and yeah, quite frankly, if that were to be the case, I I like heavily the same outcome as last year. Uh, and so that I don't know. I, I, I think I, the same outcome would not only be the case; I think it would be worse than last year uh, because I think a this is a better Alabama team than last year. And B, I don't think the Clemson team is is quite as sharp as last year. Um, so yeah, I, uh, you know, so I'm I'm torn in this whole thing. Uh, you, you know what I want to see. You know, I, I have a feeling it's not going to matter what I want to see in the Alabama Washington game. I think eventually, I'm not talking point spread here. I think eventually Alabama will win that game, and I'll look at the point spread with you as we get closer next week. But um, the other game, you know, I don't know what I want. You know, do I want to see Alabama play Ohio State? Maybe I guess I don't know. It's better. I, I really I'm not really big into. Well, be honest. Be honest. I, I think everyone here wants to see the drama of uh, the big. Uh, seeing Darth Vader, um, you know, slashed. They want to see that. You know, people want to see Alabama lose. Let's be honest here. They're 14 and a half. I don't. You know why I don't? I feel. I feel. You know. And again, it's only what I feel. That's why they play the games. I'm saying for in my mind. At least going into this, I felt that they were the best team by by a pretty large margin. So if they win it, I'm not exactly going to be disappointed because, I don't know, for some reason, that's just the way my mind works. Yeah, uh, and understandably so. But I think a lot of people tuning in there are going to want to see Big Bad Alabama knocked on their rear end and knocked off of their perch there. And so we'll just have to see how this whole thing goes. That's that's why they play the game. Uh, I'm also looking forward to the Michigan-Florida State game coming up a week from now. Uh, Michigan, a healthy seven-point favorite in this game. Um, how? What's the mindset of Michigan? Are they totally and completely pissed off about being left out of the college football playoff? And that is um, highly likely, Emil. And who can do the pissed off thing better than Jim Harbaugh? So, there's a chance he could have this Michigan Wolverine squad completely and totally lit going into this game. I want you to hold me to this because you know throughout the bowl season as we get further along, what I'll do is I'll go through and accumulate the conference records for us and we can talk about it as we get more games played. Maybe at the end of the season we'll look at it. I'm going to go out on a limb here and tell you something. I think when the bowl season's over, the Big Ten is going to come out as the most overrated conference having uh, Played when, when really? going into it, I do. And yeah. your reason I, for that is, I think it was as I looked at the conference and I've been studying different games and have going through conferences and just trying to figure this out. I I think the Big Ten was incredibly incredibly top heavy this year, and, and so what happened is you looked it looked like hey we got four teams in the top 
final season, regular season top ten. Man, we got four powerhouses. But then I start looking through the rest of the conference, and I'm like, okay, there just seems to be a lot of junk in the rest of the conference. And w- w- when I look inside, again, that's why I love bowl season, because you get to see these teams, especially in the better games, step out and play other teams. And we'll see. Maybe I'll be wrong. Um, but I think – I always draw a little not caution to... there, though, Emil, uh, if I could tell you that. Because you, when you get into this bowl season and – you know, nothing says this more than players like Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey and Jacques Linwood saying they'll pass on the game. They're outwardly saying what a lot of players in their minds are saying in some of these bowl games. Um, and it's something I've talked about a lot here um, in previous years when you get to bowl season. I mean, you can have a lot of these teams that just don't care at all. Um, at all That's about true. And it's, so hey, it's listen, it, it's it's a, it's a, a very valid point. Yeah, it's a very listen. You make a valid point, and then again, I I get where you're coming from. I'm not. I can't even debate on it because I, I tend to see that the same thing you're saying. But I think you know, obviously, we'll get to see what Ohio State does in a playoff game. They're going to care. Um, I know USC and Penn State both care. They're going to care in the sure. Rose Bowl. Sure. Yeah. So let's look at some of the bigger. Instead of you know, I'm not going to judge the conference and how Minnesota does. I don't really care. But I will like you know, to see I'm how they're being going through. Um, I'm coming through here, looking at these bowl games, and I'm trying to find some of the teams that I think are going to be less motivated um, to play their games. And I'm coming up. I'm coming up with a few. You know, and again, haven't made the picks yet. But just throwing this out there, uh, Washington State, they may be a team not as motivated because, you know, they had something on the line there and it just kind of fell through for them. Now you're playing Minnesota. Um, as, I'm, as I'm going through here, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find those, those teams that might be that. Where, where's Colorado's head? I could be wrong. Well, the on team, that. the team I think, the, I, the team I think we could find in real trouble in a bowl game and watch them do the opposite, make me look foolish. I think Stanford could be in big trouble in this bowl game. Um, I've watched that team play now for a couple of years, and if you haven't seen Stanford play offensively, you have no idea of how much of their offense ran through McCaffrey. I mean, everything, not just running the ball. He was an absolute animal in the passing game I can't tell you against my team alone how many passes he took and just turned into 20 30 50 yard gains okay um a kid like him not playing in that game number one from a football standpoint hurt you and then you go to the other side of the equation how much does Stanford how jacked is Stanford okay after after the last couple years playing in big games like the Rose Bowl how how excited are they to play North Carolina in this game? Two notes. Um, one, you know you know how I feel about um, a player being removed for one game and what it does to their opponent. Um, almost all the film North Carolina is watching of Stanford's offense is now irrelevant. And now you have no tendencies. You have no clue what they're going to do, and it's going to take you a little while to figure that out in the football game. The good news for North Carolina is um, you could spend a good while figuring that out. Stanford might not be able to hurt you because they just aren't going to have those explosive plays. So if it takes you two quarters and Stanford can only muster up 10 points because they just can't, it takes them too long to get in the end zone, then North Carolina with their offense is still in it. So I'm going to, 
give you on that one. If you want to talk about which teams um, are less motivated, you need only Amol to just go to the three teams that have players stepping out. Baylor, LSU, and as you say, Stanford. LSU is not motivated. And you're getting that from their top guy. And I'm not playing in this game. doesn't mean anything. Um, and he can't be the only one in that locker room that feels that way. It's a brotherhood. Those guys tend to think alike a lot. So Fournette's feeling that way. Man, LSU's probably feeling that way. Maybe the only good thing for LSU in their game against Louisville is that Louisville probably thought they'd be somewhere else other than there. Baylor, man, Baylor's so bad um, in terms of how they feel about this that Boise State's a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. So you're not getting much value there. But then also Stanford. Here's a guy, Kirsten McCaffrey, that says, hey, I'm not playing in this thing. doesn't mean anything. You think he's the only one in that locker room that feels that way? Well, if, and even if he was, I mean, he's a leader on the team. So to your point, if, even if a lot of guys were excited, they're not as excited right now because they're like, you know what? Our best player thinks this is meaningless. Maybe it is meaningless. Yeah. I mean, Christian thinks this is a bullcrap bowl game. Hey, let yeah. me check my so. goodie bag. Let's see what's in this goodie bag. The goodie bag tells us everything. It's a $75 oh, yeah. dollar general gift card. <laughs> And and the Best Buy card. Now, come on. The Best Buy card has to mean something. Oh, man. Are they giving out Dollar General gift cards for this bowl game today? That's what I want to know. <laughs> How bummed would you be if you opened up that bag and got a Dollar General card, would you? If it's $100, I'm, I can wipe the store out. Well, you can wipe and the I store out. You, you have toilet paper and, and napkins and, and party favors for, like, the rest of your life. No, I'm going, I'm going, I can throw like 10 back-to-back birthday parties if I get a $100 gift card and go through a dollar job. Oh, yeah. You, you'd be sad. You'd have the whole family. You'd be throwing parties hey, man, for uncles Motel and everything. Able, when Motel 6 and Dollar General starts getting bowl games, we're screwed up. Forget about five and seven teams. When Dollar General and uh, uh, Motel 6 start getting sponsorship for bowl games, we've, we've, we've gone sideways here. Yeah, I mean, what what do you do with a Motel 6 gift card? I don't know. You don't give me a free stay there. I don't want I don't want to stay there. I, I don't no. want to do that. But nevertheless. No, right. don't. Hey, are they the, are they the lights on, guys? Good. Who's the guys that say we'll leave the lights on for you? Is that them? No, I is it? Now you got me thinking. I don't know. You know, we'll, we'll leave one. the light on for you, that commercial. Yeah, no, I'm familiar with it. Hey, you know who's been I have lit no up? idea. Us in these bowl games, we've been lit up. We've been pretty damn good. We haven't, oh, been, we've been, hot. We haven't been touched. We've been hot. Yeah, super red hot. Uh, going through mine real quick before I go into my next round of bowl game picks here. Uh, took San Diego State uh, in, in their bowl game against Houston. Easy winner, 34-10. to 10. Uh, Went with Arkansas State versus Central Florida. Another easy winner, 31-13 as an underdog. Um, and then went with Wyoming. Had to sweat this one out versus BYU because Wyoming was outside of this number uh, eight and a half for quite some time. Mind you, Emil, the number did go all the way up to 10 right before, uh, well, you know, not right before, days before kickoff. So the betting public went wild with the BYU Cougars. But nevertheless, the back door was left open and Wyoming uh, very nicely went in and uh, ended up being a 24-21 bowl uh, uh, 
uh, a 24-21 game in favor of BYU, but a cover nonetheless. And running my record to three and zero right now in the bowl games. And what am I? What am I overall in college football? In college, you're 26 and 19. You're 26 and 19. Now let me cover mine quickly uh, before we make our picks. I, I'm three and zero as well. I started off with UT San Antonio plus seven and a half against New Mexico. That door was wide open there, as I suspected it would be. They walked right in there and won first. Then I went Appalachian State uh, against Toledo. That was a one-point line. They won the game by three. And then I took Tulsa, which so far has, I think, been the blowout of the bowl season, giving 12-and-a-half to, was it Eastern? What directional Michigan were we playing there? Eastern, I believe. Yeah. Sure, Central. One of them. Anyway, they they knocked them back to Michigan. They beat them by about 40-some points, giving 12-and-a-half. That was a winner. And as you said and you told our, our friends here, uh, I will slowly get back into it. My college record is 21-23 with a push. But just to put that in perspective, over the last three weeks, I'm 7-2 and two in college football. He's red hot, folks. He's Emil Calamino dominating the bowl games. All right, so let's roll into our, our next group of picks here. I want to just say this. I want to give this up front. Um, I'm not – you know, the group of games we're picking from go from the 23rd to the 29th. I'd love to sit here and tell you folks I've got something for you for the games later on in the week that might feature some of the bigger names. But, hey, I'm all about winning, so I'm going to where I think we see value. I think the odds makers have done a good job with those games later on in the week. So I'm looking at some of this other stuff, and we've got one today. It's the Armed Forces Bowl featuring Louisiana Tech and Navy. And, Emil, one of my favorite movies um, – is a 40-year-old virgin. And as I sit here and look at this, yeah, uh, I I find myself, whenever it's on TV, I'll sit there and watch it. Um, And that's a sign for me that it's a pretty good movie because I don't like watching movies more than once. But anytime 40-year-old virgin is on, I'm there, I'm watching it, getting my laugh on like it's the first time I'm seeing it. And, uh, you know, Louisiana Tech's a seven-point favorite in this game. And um, I bring up the 40-year-old virgin movie because there's a scene in there where – you know, the main character, Steve Carell, is working his job in the little offbeat circuit city. And, uh, you know, he's going off on a girl, a girlfriend, <laughs> one of the yeah. guys that worked there with him. And he's going, you know, well, who the, who, who, who the F are you to, 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 you know what I mean? He starts going off like, who is this chick? And like, I'm saying to myself, who is Louisiana Tech to be a seven-point favorite over someone in a bowl game, nonetheless? Uh, I agree. I mean, I don't care how many – I'm with you on this one. I don't care how many injuries Navy has. I mean, Louisiana Tech has almost banned defense from that program. So when you're laying that kind of lumber, you're just kind of like, whoa. Yeah, I mean, come on. (laughs) What what are you doing here? Louisiana Tech closed out their year losing 39-24 to Southern Miss and then 58-44 against Western Kentucky. Yeah, Navy has injuries. Navy's a system. It's a machine is, is what it is. So there may be some guys hurt, but in these armed forces, uh, where they run that wishbone stuff, they run that option stuff, as has been proven, they can call the quarterback out of the stands. And in fact, one of these teams did that this year. Um, yeah. So you can sue the guy up from out of the stands and keep things going. It's option uh, football. And I just don't think Louisiana Tech is interested enough in defense to prepare well enough to stop a Navy attack. So I think what we're going to get is a very high scoring game that's nip and tuck. And I actually like Navy to win this game, just on the fact that I think they're going to be more physical. So the fact that we're getting seven points is uh, really, really great to me. Uh, I'm also going to slide on over to 
Um, I mean, not one that's going to excite us here, but it's the St. Petersburg Bowl played in the fine city of Tampa. It features Amal, a 5-7 and seven football team in Mississippi State, uh, taking on Miami of Ohio. I mean, how lathered up can you get about a bowl game when it features a 5-7 and seven football team taking on a 6-6 six and six football team from the MAC Conference? Um, right. You know what? Yeah, I, I mean, who gets hot? They're giving away tickets like crazy here. I'm telling you right now, you get a Whopper, you get 10 tickets at Burger King right now in Tampa. That has to be the case. Um, nevertheless, <laughs> Mississippi State um, has to be probably annoyed at this point. Um, they probably spent a whole week of listening to people ask, why the hell are they in a bowl game? What are they doing here? They don't belong here. And I agree with all those people that say that, but Mississippi State is an SEC football team, and they're playing a subpar MAC football team. And at the end of the day, that's really what we have here. Um, and Mississippi State need only be motivated to really put a whooping on Miami of Ohio. And they have to be motivated because there's got to be a bunch of people asking, what in the hell? Also, Emil, when you get a 5-7 and seven football team as a 14-point favorite, you got to raise your eyebrows, and then you got to keep them taped up there. So, um, yeah, I, 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 you know, so far, you know, I didn't take either of these games, but I like both the picks. I mean, I, I totally get you there. I mean, I, I, I can't see a team like Miami of Ohio having any success moving the ball against the athletes Mississippi State has compared to them. So, yeah, I'm kind of with you there. Yeah, you're middle of the road in a smaller conference. Uh, I mean, that's, that speaks of you getting punched right in the eye by a team that's going to be properly angry. And now where they may not have been motivated otherwise, they will be. So that's how I'm seeing that one. And then finally, I'm going to NC State and Vanderbilt. I saw this bowl game uh, without seeing a line first and thought Vanderbilt would be a favorite, and they weren't. And I think that's a bit of a slap in the face for Vanderbilt here, who's had a strong season. They really closed out the season with four wins in their last six games. They beat Mississippi second to the last week. Mississippi State not having their strongest year. And then, they, and then they put up 45 points on Tennessee. Uh, this is a good Vanderbilt team by Vanderbilt standards, a better Vanderbilt team than they've had, and a Vanderbilt team that's really capable of, you know, doing some things that people don't think they could do. When you look at the losses that they had during that six-game stretch, it was by a touchdown to Missouri and by a touchdown to Auburn. Matter of fact, if you look at their last eight games, they lost the. They were four and four, and those four losses were all by one touchdown. This is a really good Vanderbilt football team, um, and I. Um, they're just a better football team, in my opinion, than NC State, who closed out the season winning, uh, winning only two of their last seven games. So I like Vanderbilt here getting points. Uh, both of these teams are. Six I, and I, I, I mean, I love that pick. Why don't you recap that real quick in case anybody's just jumping in right now? I'm taking the Armed Forces Navy um, against a Louisiana Tech team that just uses defense as a, as a way to pass time before they get back on offense. I'm going to take a properly pissed off Mississippi State team to uh, try and win a game to get right below 500. And then uh, I like a Vandy team to um, win as an underdog here against an NC State team that should not be a favorite in this bowl game. Yeah, matter of fact, for any of you degenerates out there, if you get a money line, I could see Vandy as a money line pick there because I oh, think, uh, yeah, I could see them. Okay, well, here's what we're going to do for you. Uh, when you're getting your cookies out tomorrow night, we'll start on uh, Christmas Eve. You know, you're you're getting the plate ready for Santa. Um, I see, you know, Hawaii's at home playing in a bowl game against Middle Tennessee State. You know, a lot of people in these type of games tend to 
like Hawaii at home. Uh, this is a 6-7 and seven Hawaii team. They're young. Uh, they're not very good. And Middle Tennessee State is, is a pretty veteran team. They had a nice season. They're 8-4. and four. I think they'd like to close this out with a bowl win, and I think they'll come to this party ready to play. And uh, frankly, I'm going to lay all seven that you have to lay right now because this line's climbed from four and a half up to seven. I'll still lay the seven. It doesn't scare me. Uh, for me, this game, I feel, is going to be a blowout. A little, I love inside info, a little inside info on that, Abel. You know, I know one of the Middle Tennessee State coaches. I happen to have played against him in college. He uh, played at Florida State, and they were by the school recruiting uh, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about it. I was like, man, you got that bowl game in Hawaii. You're going to have to watch out. And uh, he just looked at me and said, I don't think I don't think I, we have to worry about that with this team. So that would speak to what it is you're saying. Pretty veteran team um, that has their act together and um, can probably uh, do a good job of avoiding a grass skirt here during the week. Yeah, and I think they'd like to, you know, a nine and four is a nice season for them. I mean, they're going in the right direction. I think they'll close that out properly with a blowout win in that game to, to, to you know, I thank you for confirming what I thought. I appreciate that because that, that's good inside information there. Uh, yeah, I've got cousins along. Work, uh, down at the casinos in Las Vegas. Yeah, well, you know, if you have anything else for me, feel free to tell me before the show because I'll use it and incorporate it. But uh, <laughs> next I'm going to your school here. I'm going with your uh, Miami Hurricanes minus two and a half against West Virginia. Um, I like the fact that West Virginia is 10-2 and two and the underdog in this game tells me a little bit about what the insiders feel are the talent levels of these two teams. I feel Miami's got the better roster, and I think they'll be properly motivated in this game. We talked about it in previous shows. This is a springboard game for a program like this. They won four, they lost four, and then won four in a row. Very uh, choppy season. I think they'd like to end that season on a five-game win streak, take that into next year. And uh, I'm looking for a 10-point win here. I, I think it's a yeah, double-digit win. Agree. Yeah, I like I like Miami. And then finally, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna swallow hard on this one, but I got just a gut feeling. I'm going to take South Carolina plus 10 points against South Florida. You know, I looked oh, hard at that one, Emil. I really did. I, I was like, come on. I mean, well, 10 and a half? It, but you know I what? Mean, you, you play in the SEC. You, gotta, you, gotta, you said it. A middle-of-the-road SEC team, 6-6, six and six, uh, that pl- improved when they changed the quarterback, went to the young kid as the season wore on. I mean, the last thing the public will remember is the beatdown that Clemson gave them. And that's usually what pushes these lines very high. And then they'll look at the record of South Florida and see that nice, shiny 10-2 and record playing in an, inferior, yeah, in an inferior conference. I have nothing against South Florida. I think Taggart did a great job there. But the coach has moved on. He's gone. Sure. You have to wonder, what is the psyche of these kids? I mean, their coach just told them, hey, I built your program up, but I'd rather coach Oregon. See you later. Um, I right. think South Carolina – will come to play this game. I think they'll take it as a slap in the face that they're a double-digit underdog against a team from a conference like that. And I, if they don't win the game, I expect them to be in this game the whole way, so I'll gladly take 10 points. I think making an AAC team like South Florida a 10.5-point favorite in a game against an SEC opponent puts a tremendous burden on the team uh, to the point where you would have to be some kind of superior to overcome that. And while South Florida yeah. has as, uh, maybe as good a team as they've ever had or the best team they've ever had, just don't know that they're in the category to overcome the psychological disadvantage that a number like this does. So, so I'd agree with you there. I just didn't agree enough to make it one of my picks. And I'm glad I didn't because we've got 
uh, we, between the two of us here, we picked six different games. Yeah, I mean we're we're we 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 got we got listen we're hot we're six and zero in the bowls and we just laid out six different games so let's get it to twelve and zero by next Friday. Yeah, uh, that is what we do here. We aim to please. We got to take a break. When we get back, it's NFL football time. Well, you know what? Before I take this break, let's uh, let's bring my man Les on. I know he likes the bowl games. He likes uh, college football. He's been pretty good at picking college football games this year. So he's probably sitting here itching, chomping at the bit to probably throw in um, some commentary on some of the whole games you got coming up. Did I read you correct there, Lex? No, nah, not really, man. I, I like listening to y'all picks. I think all the picks that you guys spoke about today was right on. Uh, I looked at several of the bowl games and uh, – I'm really not interested in a lot of these bowl games. I mean, it's oh, really so you, a waste of time. You'd sit them out if you were playing. You'd do the Fournette McCaffrey thing. Uh, you know what? Honestly, I, I thought <laughs> about it. Um, if I'm not playing for a national championship and I have a chance to go to the next level, I mean, it's sometimes it's a meaningless game. Yeah, I understand about playing with your friends, you know, going out with your teammates, going out with the class that you came in with. But, uh you know, it depends on how big the game is. Is it a big game like, you know, I guess what Michigan is considering playing? I mean, they didn't make it to the, the Final Four, so it may be mm-hmm. a big game to them against Florida State. I mean, you have a top-tier running back, top-tier D, D, D tackle at Florida State. And uh, an offense that can move the ball is just, that you know, how consistent, with, you know, have they been? And um, from my standpoint, I probably – would would sit out some of these games. I mean, like you said, the, the Dollar General Bowl. Yeah, bro. You want that Dollar that's, General that's, that's, uh, gift card coming at you? Oh yeah, that's, <laughs> that's really exciting, bro. What are we gonna buy? Can't wait to fight that bad. I, items, I, items with a whole bunch of sodium in it. <laughs> oh, great! Yeah, you <laughs> it's unbelievable. You can get all the dishwashing liquid. That you could ever want. I dare say this to both of you guys. Um, I think the only two games. You know, games, the most things I buy at Dollar General is juice. I don't buy anything at a Dollar General. Juice, man. Dollar <laughs> Juice, you can't, you can't the Dollar Juice. Check me out. I think the only two games where you're going to have 100% motivation and one-two participation out of uh, both teams that's not the college football playoff, I think, is that Rose Bowl with USC and Penn State and, uh, and, and the Michigan-Florida State Bowl game. Only other I agree. Asking why? I, I agree. I, I'm 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 at the point unless unless they're gonna make it like a NCAA men's playoff and where every team plays or they pick the top 30, 40 teams and you know separate and you know let them let them fight it out to see what's the last team to stand in. I mean, this is ridiculous, man. Some of these bowl games. I mean. As a student athlete, I would be like, why am I playing in this game my senior year and I got a chance to be drafted in the, in the first round? And if I I'm going to be very interested, hard. you guys, in, in seeing the, the numbers uh, in terms of television ratings for these games. I know in this day and age of on-demand and all the stuff you could do with cable and Netflix and Hulu and everything else during the holiday season, I, I, I'm willing to bet a good amount of these games, as much as we want to say they could be cured for boredom on a Tuesday or Wednesday during the holiday season, man, stuff like Netflix and on demand uh, with these cable companies, it'd be just, it'd be just as easy for you to put on, put on one of these movies and watch that over these bowl games. I can see that happening. I'm quite sure. I'm quite sure that way. I mean, what, what, what a uh, football fan, 
Uh, what football fan is going to watch some of these games that they got on national TV at 1.30? Oh, you're better. I know on, that. On and this Wednesday. is a time where college football better really well, start embracing better. If you're, if you're talking about college better, we're not talking about football fans. We're just talking about somebody making money. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm exactly. Saying? Right. Which could be a guy that <laughs> well, you know, you know what? The part of it is, you too, you don't, you know, a lot. Fans, but that's it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. And the other thing is a lot of these, these people that want to bet on the games, if the game stinks, they don't necessarily need to watch it. They just want to know what the final score is. That's they right. Know, it's not like Absolutely. there's – I'll Twitter. i got to tell you guys about this. You know, we get a lot of – there are a lot of bowl games down here. And I'm going to tell you, the, the yeah. way – they give away a lot of tickets. I'm going to tell you that right now. They just had that Boca Bowl down here. They were giving away tickets like crazy. They need faces in the crowd. They need fillers. You can get – you can get tickets for free to a lot of these bowl games. Hey, guys, hey man, I got to tell you, I I'm, saw the stadium I'm, in some of those bowl games. I've been at Italian wakes where there's more people. I'm not kidding. Hey, that's I'm, crazy. I'm, I don't even live in Detroit, and I had tickets to the Motor City Bowl. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, right. Who played in that um, one last? Who was in the Motor City man, Bowl again? Bro, I don't even have a clue. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have a clue. Yeah, um, un- unbelievable. Les, you have a strong feeling um, about any of the, the, the top-tier games, whether it be, um, you know, the college football playoff games or the two games that I mentioned, the, the Rose Bowl and, and then um, the Orange Bowl between Michigan and Florida State? Just ask, that one, ask the question again. I couldn't hear the musical song. I said, did you have a strong feeling about any of those games, the college football playoff games or either the um, Orange or Rose Bowl games? I see, I see it. You know, I see it falling out like it normally does. And don't get me wrong, Michigan plays a strong game against any Florida school. So by it being Florida State, they're gonna probably look back at the time when uh, your do- your boy Buckley went bananas against them. Yeah, I'll so, never you know, forget that. So, so they gonna they gonna they gonna probably rehash some of that and have a great game against Florida State, as well as uh, this is Penn State's opportunity to. You know, to stand up and show people that they really are for real, and if they, if, unless they go out and to LA and you know all the SC fans have been partying a little bit too much, thinking it's a home game for for SC, uh, Penn State gonna give them a good game, and so it should be very competitive. I mean, I look at I I, I don't want to knock Peterson. I think Peterson is a great coach. Um, I think the kids at Washington deserve this, this opportunity. I think it may be just a little bit too big of a, a, a podium for them to stand on against an Alabama team that, that really wants to see Clemson or Ohio State step up again. And and um, I see I see Clemson playing well. I didn't like um, I didn't like the way um, Ohio State's offense looked at the end of the season, mm-hmm. uh, even with some even with some time off. Yeah, I think Emil mentioned that how, earlier. How much how much better can they get? I mean, don't get me wrong. You're gonna get a lot out of uh, the running back, Mike, and um, you're gonna get what you get out the quarterback. But what else do they really have? And uh, I mean, they're stable. I mean, the defense should play well, but you know, how long will you last against a Clemson team that always finds a way to win? So. Yeah. Uh, very, yeah. Very I mean, I, I, I'm with Les. I'm with you there. I think they've really struggled. <sighs> throwing the ball, and I think Clemson can match Ohio State along the offensive and defensive lines, so taking away 
you know, what would be a normal, you know, Ohio State advantage. Uh, so I, I, I think, you know, that could be one of those games where Clemson just has some matchups that really favor them. Yeah, I, well, I agree. I mean, as far, as far as DBs, I mean, they got some of the most exciting defensive backs, you know, without big, big names. But, uh, you know, there should be high draft picks this year. And, I mean, their D-line is just as solid as they were last year, even though they lost some kids. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to have to leave it at that, guys. We're going we're to yeah. have to leave it there. I'm going to have to take our break here and get back and get into uh, get into some NFL. Les, I'm going to leave you on the line here to listen. We appreciate you joining us here on the show today. For sure. For sure. Have a good one, man. Y'all have a happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. All right. Same take to you. Care. Same to you, my friend. All right, we're going to jump, take a break. When we get back, we're talking NFL football here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Stay with us. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payouts. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! Sure, summer's gone, winter's here, but that doesn't mean everyone's putting their t-shirts away. Whether it's the company recreational basketball team, the youth soccer league for the kids, or the Halloween party your buddy throws every year, t-shirts are as much a part of the American culture as Tom Brady deflating footballs. Screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay even higher prices. More colors, more costly. The answer? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. Whether it's your 7-on-7 team, your child's birthday party, or the family reunion, you can do it yourself and they'll look great. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, do the wording whatever you want, print it on your own inkjet paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, and iron it on with your own hand iron. The design or pictures you put on your t-shirts are limited only by your own imagination and creativity. If you dream it up and design it, the paper soul at t-shirtsupplies.com can get it onto your t-shirt. By the way, don't worry if you haven't done it before. As T-Shirt Supplies has first-rate customer service, they'll help you get the right paper for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirt, no hyphen, supplies pearl, all one word, dot com. Or call them at 1-877-857-2737. 
1-800-285-7885-PAPER. T-ShirtSupplies.com. Go there now. Well, what happened was that second game, we got our ass kicked, or the second half. We just got our ass totally kicked. We couldn't do diddly poo offensively. We couldn't make a first down. We couldn't run the ball. We didn't try to run the ball. We couldn't complete a pass. We sucked. The second half, we sucked. We couldn't stop the run. Every time they got the ball, they went down and got points. We got our ass totally kicked in the second half. That's what it boiled down to. It was a horse performance in the second half. Horse I'm totally embarrassed and totally ashamed. Coaching, we're all, all, our coaching did a horrible job. The players did a horrible job. We got our ass kicked in that second half. It sucked. It sucked. I don't even think anyone asked Jim Moore a question that day. I think he just came to the podium and said, I'm going to take over here. Just let you guys know <laughs> what went down. And uh, he gave a rundown there in 30 seconds. Uh, that's going to be some of these bowl coaches. That's going to be the feeling. I don't know if anyone will come out and be as eloquent uh, enough as Jim Mora Sr. to uh, just let us know what really happened. But it's going to happen to a couple of these teams here that don't really feel like playing in these bowl games. All right. Well, college football is behind us. The picks are in. Time to talk a little bit of the NFL right now. We had a game last night, Amal, and just the New York Giants continue to befuddle everyone uh, out there. They're just No one can understand them. Um, you're a guy that follows this playoff race thing pretty tight. By virtue of them losing 24 to 19, um, what did that do to the playoff race in the NFC and in particular the NFC East? It effectively ended everything. I mean, the Cowboys are the division champs. The Cowboys have just sewn up number one seed throughout the playoffs and home field advantage and, uh, you know, made us now listen to two weeks of will the Cowboys rest their players? We'll get that talk as far as the Giants go. Uh, they still get in. They need a loss on Sunday by either Tampa Bay, who's at New Orleans, uh, they, uh, the Packers, who are home against the Vikings, which probably at this point doesn't look likely, Atlanta, who's on the road at Carolina, or by Detroit on Monday night at Dallas. If any of those four teams lose, the Giants are in anyway. So, Any motivation, you think, by the Cowboys to keep the Giants out of this thing? I mean, they're a bit of a problem, I know we could talk about, you know, how hard uh, it is to, to beat someone three times, but wouldn't they really like to see the Giants, like, out of this? I don't think that they have enough of an impact because, like, again, I think one of those other three teams will, might lose. Uh, most likely you could see Tampa maybe take a loss. Who knows? But anyway, um, I don't know about that. I think, you know, listening to Garrett pretty close over the last, whatever it is, six, seven seasons, um, and, you know, in this case, I'm going to give Dallas and Jerry Jones some credit for keeping him as a coach and doing continuity, as you and I have always said, uh, sometimes oh, we changing. You know. No, we do, but, but I think I think the continuity's helped them because, as you and I have always talked about, sometimes change for just the sake of change is not the way to go, as you can watch some of these other flailing organizations. I think Garrett's message is pretty consistent. He has that sort of Oregon theme, win the day, he talked, and the players are almost like robotic in that organization that you could hear the influence he has on them. It's about today. It's about the opponent on Sunday, blah, 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 blah. I think the Cowboys will play pretty hard against the Lions. I think it's, it's difficult if you're Dallas 
to say we're going to just start resting guys because if you look at it you got one two you got a bye week that means it's going to be four weeks before you play a meaningful football game if you take that approach and i am never for that approach i think football is too difficult of a sport to just turn it on and turn it off like that yeah i've never agreed with that um, the whole thing about a player might get hurt. You can't play this game that way. Now, if you've got a player that's banged up and they would do well to get some rest so that they could be going 100% when, when you get to the playoffs, all right, I understand that. But as a team, um, mailing these games in, it's very hard to turn that switch off and then cut it back on and expect, you know. I kind of look at it like this, Emil, like, you know, those fluorescent lights. You flick that switch on, you're not getting light right away. It's a whole bunch of flickering and warming up and all kind of BS going on before the light gets on. And that's kind of what happens um, in the NFL if you want to turn it off like that and then, and then try and turn it back on. It's going to get immediately lit up there. It's going to be some flickering and stuff going on. And while that's going on, you could end up losing a first-round playoff game to one well, and I think you're going to gain some insight. I think the Cowboys gave you insight to the way the organization thinks two years ago. They had sewn up the NFC East, and they were go- they already knew their playoff positioning home in a divisional game against the Lions. When they went to Washington the last week of the season, they were 11-4. and They didn't need the game. It meant nothing. And they went out and just put one on Washington. DeMarco Murray played most of the game. He went crazy. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to put one on anyone, but I'm saying I think they'll approach these games like any other game. Like you said, if someone's banged up and they would have to take a pain shot to play, they probably won't play. But if guys are healthy, you just can't play football. It's not a sport like that. You could lose a, a key player in practice. So you're wasting your time if you're trying to figure out how and when a guy's going to get hurt. You just don't know that. Yeah, yeah. Literally no clue which of these following heavily playoff-implicated games uh, seem the most interesting to you. Uh, Dolphins and Bills. Um, you've got the Vikings and the Packers. You've got the Falcons at the Panthers. Uh, Colts and Raiders. Um, and then finally, uh, well, no, not finally, Ravens and Steelers, and then you got Broncos and Chiefs. For me, the game that I'll I'll be most interested in, because I just love the intensity of the game, Um, it's similar to, you know, I like to follow the NFC East, obviously, and I think most of those games are pretty intense. I like the Ravens and Steelers. Yeah, that reminds me of an NFC East game, you know, where they just don't like each other. The blood, uh, the the rivalry boils way back. They're not friendly. They don't chat after the game. (laughs) I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, one of those, we're going to the locker room after this game type games. Um, I'm with you on that. I would agree. And coming in a, a close second for me on that's going to be the Broncos-Chiefs game. Broncos got to have No, it. same situation there. Those teams don't like one another. I like that game, too. They were my two big ones. It's it's great. They're on Christmas evening. So, you know, we could, like I said, eat your turkey or your uh, lasagna or whatever the hell you eat in your family. And then you can belch and sit on the couch around 430 and buckle in, and you got seven straight hours of football. That's great. Yeah, def- definitely. Uh, looking forward to those two. All right, let's do some picks here, and if we have time permitting, which probably won't, um, we uh, we can talk about maybe some of these other games. We may touch on them with our picks. Let's first go with the picks, and uh, then we'll go with our fantasy football focus by FanDuel. Sound good? Okay. Yeah, I might as well go first because you went first in college, and uh, – 
uh, let's set it up. Uh, you know, right now in the NFL, you're 23 wins, 20 losses, and two pushes. Uh, you, you, you've been really hot the last two weeks. You've hit five out of six. And I'm sitting here in the NFL at 20 wins, 23 losses, and a couple pushes. And, uh, you know, I've been fairly hot the last six and three the last three weeks. So you and I have started to – you've been good all year, and I'm starting to get in the right direction and trying to keep it going to finish strong. So uh, that's where we're at, and let's start. Uh, I'm going to swallow hard again, when, and I always say that, but I just – I have a feeling that this is an effort game. I think the Chargers are going to have a very difficult time, very difficult time, Whoa. finding a reason that they want to play the Cleveland Browns. Um, it's, a, it's a 1 o'clock start for San Diego. They're 5-9. and nine. They invent new ways to lose games every week. I don't know if there's any way left for San Diego to figure out how to lose a game. Conversely, let's be honest, these men are all professionals. I don't think any professional football player wants to be part of a team that goes O for the season. And I look at this game, and I think this is a spot where maybe the Browns can get their first win, dare I say, but I'll tell you what. You've got a brass tear, Mr. Calamino. I do. I'm going to take the Browns plus four and a half because, again, one o'clock time zone, Chargers are five and nine. Weather will probably suck in Cleveland compared to San Diego. I know it'll suck. And the the Browns should be the more motivated team to get off the schneid here. So let's let's take the Browns plus four and a half. Next game. All right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> if a team was ever going to quit on its season, it would have happened on Monday night. Okay. The Panthers are completely out of this thing. Five and eight going into that game, playing a Redskin team, fighting for their playoff lives. And I'll, I dare say the Panthers may have turned in their most impressive performance of the season as they went to Washington, completely shut down a good offensive Redskins club, and won the game by double digits. And now they're home, and they're catching three against Atlanta, and the average better is jumping on the Falcons. The Falcons are one, went from one and a half to three. They're a road favorite. And just because they need to win the game doesn't mean they will win the game. I think the sure. Panthers have shown you that, that they have some pride. This is a team that was in the Super Bowl last year. They went 17-1 and last season before losing that Super Bowl to finish 17-2. and I think you know they want, they'd love to win out and go into next year on a winning streak and maybe as a 500 club instead of a losing team. I'm going to grab the Panthers at home plus three there. And then another team. I almost made it one of my own. I agree with all of that. Yeah, and another team that, you know, I looked at this week and I said if they were going to quit on their season, it would have been last week, and that was the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills were playing a terrible Cleveland team at home, laying double digits. You know, they went out and waxed them. They covered the point spread, which tells me at 7-7, and the Bills are still fighting and playing, and they have no love lost with the Miami Dolphins in that organization. The Dolphins head east, and now this is uh, Matt Moore, or I shouldn't say head east, head north. Uh, Matt Moore's second game is usually the one that's troublesome for a guy who hasn't played as long as Moore. And, you know, don't forget, he he lit up the Jets. And all you need to know about the Jets is they're a professional team getting almost 17 points on Sunday. So I am going to take the Buffalo Bills minus four and a half against the Miami Dolphins. I think uh, it's been a house of horrors up here for Miami, and I think the Bills will continue that. So we'll lay four and a half with the Bills. Well, you certainly flew uh, swam upstream on uh, on your picks. I'm doing the same, and I might be a little crazy here, but here's a, here's where I'm going uh, on the games this weekend. 
the Washington Redskins had uh, kind of their, you know, their playoff hopes in their hands on Monday night, and uh, they allowed, they fumbled them, literally fumbled them out of their hands to the Carolina Panthers, a team that was not going to the playoffs. Tells me a little something about what's going on with Washington right now. They're traveling on the road. They're going to be playing a Bears team in inclement weather. You know, the Redskins not unaccustomed to that, but it gets really bad out there um, in Chicago. And the Bears look like they're still playing for something. And how about your boy uh, from USC, Matt Barkley, putting together some things there of late. I, his career was dead. Yeah. It was. So did I. He looked, he's actually looked like a competent NFL quarterback. I've seen some of the games the last two or three weeks, and he's actually played very well. He has uh, has resurrected there, and I think that gives these guys a little bit of a boost, something to play for here. Uh, let's try and build on this. And I like the way Chicago has looked. I don't like where the Redskins are mentally, and um, I'm going to lean in Chicago's favor here, especially with the Redskins being a three-and-a-half point favorite on the road. Um, I you know, I want to go back to that 40-year-old virgin uh, scene again. Like, who, 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 who the F thinks the Redskins should be, you know, who are they to be favorites uh, on the road like that? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Bears in this one as a three-and-a-half-point underdog. You mentioned this game, a uh, professional team, the New York Jets, 17-point underdogs to the New England Patriots. Uh, I'm just, on principle, going to stand up against that. And I'm going to take the New York Jets, who have a good time no matter what kind of situation they're in. They take a lot of pride in playing against the New England Patriots, and the Jets haven't had very many opportunities uh, of late to take pride at 4-10. Um, I still maintain that New England's not as good as people think they are, and uh, I'm going to stick with that. You know, burned me a little bit. Uh, you know, I was a little surprised at what they put together last week. I think – I don't think they have the gusto right now. Uh, to, and to you know, you know, Chad, I kind of like your pick there because I'm looking at that game, thinking to myself, what's the motivation? Let's say the Patriots get up 14 early in the fourth quarter. What's the motivation to do anything other than you know just start winding it down, trying to keep guys from getting injured, rolled up in piles? You know, you win the game. I don't know if there's a motivation here to beat the Jets by say 28 points. I, I don't, I'm not sure. Sure, and that. I think the Jets are trying to find out some things about themselves for the 2017 season, and that will keep uh, a good portion of this roster playing well. So I'm going to go ahead and grab those 17 points. hope I don't regret that later. And then I'm also going out to Oakland, man. Listen, the Raiders have been everyone's darling. Uh, they did well to re-seize control of things and get themselves to 11-3 and out there. And here come the Colts, and they're 7-7, seven and seven, and, man, who really has to care? Well, the Raiders have struggled defensively this year. And you got a Colts team that's coming in here – feeling good after a 34-6 win, and their prize for that is being a three-and-a-half-point underdog this week. I think the Colts will lap that up and uh, use it as some kind of motivation, and, and the Colts are playing for their playoff lives. They come in uh, fully motivated and need to do something, and I like them. It, it, I think uh, – listen, we could even get this down to a field goal game, and I'm, I'm a winner here, and I think it's probably going to be a nip-and-tuck type game. Field goal wins it for either team. I like the Colts in this one. It's a three-and-a-half-point underdog. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I dare say I love all three of your picks. I, I like the logic on all of them. Not, not popular. Maybe I'm just good with the lyrics and uh, winning you over to them. But um, I think these are three teams that have some motivation to play that if you just look at their record, you might say 
otherwise. All right, it's time for the Fantasy Football Focus, sponsored by FanDuel. If you're a fantasy football fan or you're a football genius, this is the place that you go to turn all that genius into profits. You can do that right now when you head over to FanDuel and enter the promo code Gridiron Studs, get yourself a nice sign-up bonus. Every week is a new season uh, when you go to FanDuel. And, and it's daily fantasy football sports. They've got, if you're a newbie, they've got games for you. If you're one of the elite, you can join one of the elite games where $5 or $25 can turn you into, uh, can turn into thousands of dollars there if uh, you're as smart as you think you are. So, again, head over to FanDuel.com, enter Gridiron Studs in the, uh, as your promo code and get yourself some bonuses to get started with your daily fantasy sports. All right. Uh, why don't you go – First this week uh, in the fantasy football, and I'll follow up with my picks. Uh, but first, we've got to start off with what the rules are on this thing. Okay, the rules are simple. Uh, you know, we tried to construct a game here, uh, you know, where we, we aren't just picking the obvious best players because we're trying to do it the way we're giving you guys some picks for your, your fantasy game. So we've limited our rosters to 21,000 for three players, the key players, the quarterback, the running back, and the wide receiver. Uh, we have to fit within that, so it makes it a little challenging. Uh, Chad's going to tell you this anyway, so I'll beat him to it. He's leading this game. He came back off the deck. I had him early, but, man, this guy's been hot. And uh, we've played 11 weeks now, and he's won six of them. So, for me, I have to win this week to get even and have a chance to win this season in uh, week 17. So, that's that's the rules. Getting down to muscle so, situations here. Must win. So I'm going to start off with a must win situation, and I'm going to go out to the AFC West. And, uh, you know, while I like your pick on the game, I'm going to use the Raiders quarterback, Derek Carr, in this game because I have a feeling this game is going to involve a lot of scoring by yeah, a health I mean, standard. Listen, I think taking Carr, considering what I had for a pick, was not a bad idea here. The, if the Raiders find themselves behind, Carr is going to have to do something. Right, right. And I think the Raiders will move the ball on the Colts, and the Colts will move the ball on the Raiders, and we'll have passes flying everywhere. And I like the weapons Derek Carr has. I'll take him at home here. Um, yeah, I think he's costing me 8.1K. Is that correct? That is correct. So I'm going to use Derek Carr, and then then, then I'm going to spin into – I'm going to use another – uh, you know, fairly pricey, but not top-of-the-line pricey running back. I'm going to use Spencer Ware from the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs lost a tough game last week. Uh, you know, tight. This might be he what, is, the you know, he's, time you're Oh, yeah, he's not a crazy guy. Like, he's not doing an Ezekiel Elliott, most likely. He isn't getting 150 yards. But here's what Ware does for you. He'll get you 60 or 70 yards on the ground. He'll catch passes usually and get you another 50 or 60. And for some reason, he has a nose for that end zone. Um, and I, I see a Denver team, if they're vulnerable one way defensively, it is that you can run the ball on Denver if you stick with it. And I think the Chiefs will choose to stick with it because they'll get back to what the Chiefs do after losing a game, which is ball control short passing, run the ball. I like Spencer Ware in that spot. And then finally, I need to fit under this cap. So, you know, I can't go out and take Julio Jones here. So I need to find a wide receiver. And I got a guy, a little, a little white guy in New England that I just found out who he was a few weeks ago. But for some reason, Brady throws him the ball. Uh, they were playing the Ravens a couple weeks ago. It was a three-point game. Next thing I know, Brady's throwing this guy a 65-yard touchdown pass with five minutes left. I'm going to take Chris Hogan. Uh, the speedster, and he does run well uh, from the New England Patriots that many people don't even know who he is. What does he cost me? 
cost you a, a lofty 5.3K. I mean, if he does anything, uh, you're getting yourself a nice return on your investment there. Yes, it fits me under the cap. And you know what? The Jets' secondary has been an absolute sieve this season. So I see no reason <laughs> why. Yeah, to say the least, that Chris Hogan cannot, you know, get uncorked, if not for a ton of catches, for a couple long yardage catches. And that's what we care about, yards and touchdowns. And I think Chris yeah, Hogan will have go. both in this game. That's it, fantasy football. So there you go, Carr from the Raiders, your quarterback, Spencer Weir, your running back from Kansas City, and the, my man, Hogan, little white guy playing receiver for New England. There's a theme that's run throughout yeah. uh, your wide receiver. All right, here's what I'm going with. Last week, I struck gold by just searching for value at the quarterback position. Went with Matt Moore filling in for Ryan Tannehill in his first start. We dare not do that again, now that film's out there on him. But I am, uh, once again this week, going to search for value at the quarterback position, and I'm going to go with Blake Bortles. And here's my reasoning on that. Um, head coach is fired, uh, and you've got a new guy in there. That means there are some tendencies that are going to get broken. Some different things are going to be done. Gus, uh, Gus Bradley's out. Doug Marone's in. Marone's uh, probably wants this job, and is probably going to switch up a few things and put his little sprinkle and spice on it, and I think that's going to throw off the opponent this week and probably open some things up for Blake Bortles, who has the tools, just probably went to a very unfortunate organization. I think the Titans, too, may be coming in here a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit big-headed in this one. I almost took the Jaguars uh, in this game uh, as a four-and-a-half-point underdog. I just because it's Jacksonville, I just didn't think that's enough points because they find ways to lose. But I don't, I don't think it'll be Bortles' fault this week if the Jaguars do come up short. I think he's going to have a good game because, again, some tendencies get broken in this one. So he's only going to cost me 6.2K over at FanDuel. So I like the value there. It allows me to spend some money on these other two spots. Uh, and, and I'm going to go at running back with, um, with Stewart out of Carolina. Now, it, it's no coincidence that uh, the Carolina Panthers have uh, won their last two games and Stewart has played well in both of those games. And I think they understand that this is the way for them to go. Um, you did take Carolina as one of your picks, and I think if they're going to be successful in achieving what it is you think they're going to achieve in this game, it, it, it has to go through Stewart. Um, he has to I would agree with that. I think – I like that yeah, pick. I mean, I think Stewart will be a focal point in this game plan. He has to be. He has to be for them in this game, and I think they're going to feed him early and often. And, uh, you know, uh, Atlanta's defense is up and down, and I think Carolina's going to attack uh, in that spot there. And then I'm going to go out to uh, Oakland. The theme that we've had for this Colts-Raiders game is high scoring up and down the field. Uh, the Colts put up 34 points last week. You know who was not really that much involved in the game last week? T.Y. Hilton. So, you know, I know he's not he's not deemed that kind of guy, but I think when all that action's going down and he wasn't a part of it, I think he probably made a few stops by Andrew Luck's locker this week and said, hey, uh, you know, when all these points are going down, I need to be involved in it. So I would look for uh, Andrew Luck and the Colts to get T.Y. Hilton a little bit more involved in this game, uh, this fact you know, there's certainly a lot at stake. I just can't see two weeks in a row in this critical juncture for the Colts um, that T.Y. Hilton is not a big part of the game plan. So I think he will be in this one against the Raiders, who don't play the greatest of, of defense. So look for Hilton to have a big game. I'm going to ride with him. 7.6K will cost you at FanDuel. So um, between uh, Bortles at 6.2, Stewart at 6.4, and Hilton at 7.6, uh, I'm fitting on the, the prescribed 
salary cap here. So that's what I'm rolling with this week. Beautiful. I like and I like the Hilton pick because again in that game I think the ball is going to be flying all over the place. So I, I I like what you're laying down there too. Yeah, we both think this is going to be a high scoring game. Watch it be a a, a 13-10. A uh, field goal kicking fest <laughs> would make me sick to my stomach, Abel. But nevertheless, man, hey, that's it. It's uh, another wrapped up football Friday edition. It's the last one before Christmas. So I say to you, my friend, have yourself a Merry Christmas to you, the family, um, and to all of our listeners out there. Have a Merry one. Same to you. Enjoy enjoy the holiday. We'll, have, we'll celebrate everybody. We'll get some football. And, uh, We'll be back here uh, probably Monday, right? We're going to do a Monday show? Yeah, we're back on Monday, and uh, hopefully okay. we're, full of, uh, we're full of some holiday cheer and uh, and a bunch of wins off of these predictions that we've uh, laid out here for you. So I want to just, again, thank all of the listeners for making us a featured show on blogtalkradio.com. For Emil Calamine, I'm Chad Wilson. Enjoy the day and your weekend. Happy holidays. recruits out there. You want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen.